welcome to another episode of Vet School Unleashed, Dissecting the DVM, where we dissect topics and issues relating to life in veterinary school. I'm your host, Seth Williams, and I'm a veterinary student at the University of Missouri College of Veterinary Medicine. Today on the podcast, I thought it'd be really fun to invite two first-year veterinary students after they finish their first week of veterinary school to hear their thoughts about what they've experienced so far and what are they thinking vet school is going to be like from here until they graduate in four years. It's difficult for me to remember before I started vet school what I was excited about or what I was afraid of and what my thoughts were before getting into this really fun but hard uh, portion of my life. I also want to pick their brain about any tips or tricks that they have to offer for pre-veterinary students and, and students that are looking to go to vet school and become a veterinarian. So I'm very excited to welcome onto the podcast my two new friends, first-year veterinary students at Mizzou, Megan and Katie. Welcome to the podcast, Katie and Megan. How is it going today? Uh, we're doing good. 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 So um, I'm really excited to, to have you here and welcome to Mizzou. Congrats on getting into vet school and starting. That's a big deal. Yeah, thank, thank you. you. Um, so I want to start off just by having you guys introduce yourself and, and tell us a bit who you are, where you came from. Uh, where did you do undergrad? All that fun stuff. Okay, um, so my name is Katie. Uh, I went to the University of Vermont in Burlington, Vermont, and I am a native of Vermont. Awesome. Um, so I applied to a whole bunch of different schools and got into a couple, but I decided on Mizzou because they had such a strong large animal program. Awesome. Hi, I'm Megan. I am from Westland, Michigan, which is right around Detroit. And I did my undergrad actually out of state in Southeast Ohio at Marietta College. And I also applied to a lot of schools, got a lot of interviews, but ended up choosing Mizzou because uh, I just felt at home here. And I know when you're going through vet school uh, for four years of the hardest time of your life, you need to feel at home and feel like the people actually want you there and care about you. So that's how I ended up here. Great. Yeah, I I will totally second that the Mizzou is very family oriented. And I know a lot of schools out there because a lot of, you know, the listeners here on the podcast are from all over the the country. But uh, Mizzou, I think, is really great in making everyone feel welcome and, and family oriented, like you said. Cool. So again, congrats on vet school. Um, it'll be a fun four years, a hard four years, but um, I'm here. So if you, if I can make it, you can make it. So, <laughs> uh, okay. So I wanted to first ask, since you guys are, you guys just finished your first week. How was your first week? Interesting. Okay. Yeah, I had a really good first week. Um, I took a lot of very similar classes in undergrad because I good. did animal science. So, so far it hasn't been too bad. Great. That's what I like to hear. So my first question for you was, what are you excited about? Because I know that a lot of people that, uh, at least are my shoes, so being a third year and even for the second years, there's a little bit of burnout happening because they're, they're, they've been taking classes for so long. And uh, as you know, it's such a hard process, but you guys are just starting. So you hopefully aren't burnt out quite yet after the first week. So what, what are you excited about for vet school? Um, I'm actually really excited just to get started in animal classes more because I did a biochemistry degree. So I was doing a pre-vet guide, but most of my classes were just like the hard sciences, which I love, but you know, wanting to be a vet my whole life, 
it was nice to be able to finally actually getting started with my animal classes, which granted right now I'm only working with cadavers, but just the actual ability to work with animals and classes that are actually geared towards what I've wanted to do my whole life. Right. Yeah, I would second that. I'm super excited just to be here. I'm uh, really excited just to start a new chapter on my way to being a clinician, being a doctor. Um, I know it's a while off, but I'm very excited to start clinics. So Mm -hmm. It goes quick, trust me. It feels like (laughs) yesterday that I was in your shoes. So um, I think that's one of the pluses of working so hard is that the more you work, the faster it goes. Good so to know. Good. Yeah. Um, so keep working hard. Cool. So um, what's been your favorite part so far? Uh, I've really just enjoyed meeting a lot of the new people, sort of getting to know the faculty, which is like very different than in my mm-hmm. undergrad where like your faculty and the professors and stuff definitely were sort of above you. Whereas in vet school, they really feel like they are your colleagues rather right. than just your professors. Um, So that's been really exciting for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I really agree. I think that um, getting to meet our cohort, since we are very like-minded, which is different from what at least I experienced in undergrad, um, it's so different and so much fun to have people who also want to be vets or people who have had totally different lives than you. So I was talking um, in our orientation, I was talking to some of the guys who grew up on farms and... I I like to pet cows. Right. <laughs> I've never really worked with cows. So um, it was really fun to have that difference in um, lifestyle and be able to discuss the different like care that animals need and whatnot and being taught how to rope a steer dummy during our orientation <laughs> because why not? Um, so I really... I really like that, just the the difference in lifestyle, but the commonality of our dreams to be vets. The other thing I was wondering, and granted, I know we're, we're a week in, um, but go back to last week before you even started. I'm interested to hear what your, if you can remember, what your perception of vet school was. What did you expect coming into it? And what do, what do you expect from here on out for what it's going to be like? Mm. Hell. Can I say hell? Because hell. Sure. <laughs> um, I, I was expecting it to be literally the hardest four years of my life ever, which is what I'm still expecting it to be because I have done a week of anatomy and it's terrifying. So mm-hmm. um, my, my, my views haven't changed too much. I'm not as scared and I'm not as overwhelmed as I thought I would be within my first week. But I definitely thought it was going to be insanely overwhelming that I was going to go home and cry myself to sleep each night. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, that's where I was a week ago. Yeah, I think I was definitely in a similar place a week <clears throat> ago in that I thought I was going to go to class and be overwhelmed immediately and just question my choices every day. Right. <laughs> and um, I also was worried about the people Um, So I noticed in our orientation that a lot of the people commented on how competitive their undergrad was. Mm -hmm. And my undergrad, I felt like wasn't that competitive, but I was scared that there was going to be like a lot of like really cutthroat people in our class that just wanted to like push everyone out of the way and succeed. Um, 
at the cost of everyone else. But that hasn't been the case at all. Uh, Again, I think Mizzou is very much like a family and even in our class, I think so far everyone's really getting along and it feels very much like a family. Um, I'm still scared of failing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but so far the classes haven't been that bad. The pace is a little bit overwhelming, but yeah. in terms of difficulty, it hasn't been that bad. So Yeah, I found, just personally speaking, that I, when I was in my first two years, I would always say that the the material itself that you're learning is not super, super difficult. It's nothing any more difficult than your higher level undergrad science classes. It's the amount of material you're expected to learn in a short period of time. So it really comes down to how well can you manage your time and how efficient can you study? You know, it's it's no longer about working hard, it's about working smart. Um, And that took a little bit of a time to to figure out. But but yeah, I I felt the exact same way when I was in in your shoes. And uh, going back to the whole competitive nature of vet school, again, I can obviously only speak for Mizzou, but... I've never really felt that my classmates were out to get me or get get the upper edge on me or, or whatnot. Uh, I don't know how it is at other schools. I imagine it's pretty much the, the same type of deal. Um, but at least from what I've experienced, everyone's out to support you and everyone just wants you to succeed, including the professors. I mean, if, if they know that you're struggling, they're going to do everything they can in their power to to make you succeed. So that's always been my advice is that the second you start to struggle, like let check the ego at the door because everyone else is probably struggling with you because uh, it's totally normal. And then ask a professor to help or ask a friend to help um, because there probably are going to be a, a few people that may not make it past their first year. And, and that may be for grades. That may be for personal reasons or whatever. Um, but if it is for the academic part, at least from what I've seen, is that it's because they didn't ask for help um, early enough or, or at all. Um, so that's always been my observation not that that's going to happen to you i don't think it's going to happen to anybody in your class but um sometimes it does but it's natural and vet school is supposed to be hard i mean you guys are top notch of of where you all came from so we know you can do it okay so we talked about what you were excited about what are some things off the top of your head that you're really nervous about failing physio mm-hmm. <laughs> physiology yeah Failing anatomy. <laughs> I, I've had all the other classes that I have, I have essentially had before. Microanatomy, we did a lot of microanatomy in my cell biology lab. Mm-hmm. So even, I mean, that one's going to be a little bit harder because I haven't had microanatomy specifically. But I haven't had anatomy before, and I really regret that mistake in undergrad. Um, and it's just so overwhelming when you have to dissect out a cat and a very very beefy pit bull um and it's just very there's a lot to learn and so i'm i'm very afraid of anatomy (laughs) so obviously and i expected this that 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 your answer would be somewhat grade based in terms of failing and passing and all of that um which i think 99.9 percent of everyone in in their first year is worried about because that's how you're going to stay in school obviously um Hypothetically speaking, I just want to get your opinion on this. What if vet school was pass-fail? How Would that change your perception or the stress level of school? No. <laughs> I'd still be afraid of failing. Yeah. Okay. At this point, I mean, in undergrad, I was one of those people that needed an A. Um, the lowest grade I ever got was a B. And 
I would cry at a, at a bad exam, you know, mm-hmm. because like, I need to be perfect to get into vet school. I need to be the best of the best and have a perfect GPA and a perfect GRE and all of this stuff. So it's hard to break that habit. Yeah. But I kind of broke it in the spring of my senior year because I was like, eh, I already got in. I don't need to get oh. good grades anymore. Mm-hmm. Yep. So um, I'm hoping that I can kind of keep that mindset and not and see it as pass fail right. because I don't want to have to stress over getting an A, but at the same time, I just need to not fail out of my classes. In the end, like, if I pass the classes, I'm going to know enough and be able to learn in clinicals and everything to be able to do well as a DBM. So. Right. Yeah, I think that may be one of the flaws of our educational system, and that's kind of really speaking generally about how much stress we put on grades. Because when you get to vet school, grades are obviously important. You have to pass your class. You have to know what you need to know. But it's when you get that first C that you that the way we've been trained up until now, that we just get ourselves in this bit major funk and then it just goes downhill from there. Um, so at least like with with my circle of friends and the way I've always felt, because I was never a you know straight A student. I would I would kind of. I would try to pick out grades from all over the board, you know. I like to be an equal opportunity <laughs> employer there. Um, that I knew that for me, getting all A's wasn't important to me. Getting all B's wasn't that important to me. It was really just that I feel like I knew the material, um, and and that was it. Um, now I know that's that's probably a lot different than what a lot of students are are thinking when they come into vet school. But I think that's a big uh, paradigm shift that. That should probably happen. That grades are not everything. You're, if you get great grades, that does not mean you're going to be a great clinician, let alone a great veterinarian. Um, that doesn't mean like go and strive for D's all the time, you know. Um, but if you don't get all A's, you don't get all B's. It's fine. You're still in vet school. You're. It's, just, it's always hard looking back that that grades was like the end all be all. And I think that's probably the major source of stress when it comes to vet school wellness, at least from what I've seen. What, that's actually was my next question. What what have you all heard in terms of wellness and and burnout and all of that regarding vet school? They talked about it a lot at orientation, actually, um, which I thought was really good because in my undergrad, I was also a person that was like obsessed with my grades. Mm-hmm. Like I freaked out if I got like a 70 on an exam. <laughs> like I freak out. It was not good. Um, so that was really hard for me in Mm -hmm. undergrad and I sort of had to go through that sort of wellness and that sort of, uh, I guess paradigm shift of shifting to, okay, what do I actually know? Like, it's not all about grades. It's what I actually know. Um, so I had to sort of go through that on my own in undergrad which was really very stressful. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's great that they did talk to us about it at VET at our orientation. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, I think that because we did a like a three-hour block of wellness, mm-hmm. and we talked to the um, the therapist that is on staff at the vet school, and. You know, he works with, I think he said a third of the vet students each year, mm-hmm. um, which if you are, if you had a stigma against mental health services, um, which I didn't beforehand, but 
it, it really brings it into perspective that like if you're struggling probably a third of your class is you know at least seeing them you know at least and so it's it was really nice to hear that and to kind of hear the at least it helped me to hear the statistic to know that like I'm not alone in this um also, a lot of people I've talked to have stress-adopted animals, which <laughs> I I just got a kitten, so I can't really say anything. I made it through a week without getting something, so I deserved a reward. That's pretty good, yeah. But, yeah, it's. I think that a lot of the wellness also comes from spending time with your classmates and, and adopting animals. Right. And I think also just not doing vet-related stuff. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it can be very overwhelming if you're just, like, constantly talking about vet school and constantly being like, oh, you remember your Omotrans Rosarius? (laughs) You know? So I think just, like, getting out and being with people who either aren't necessarily involved in the vet school or just, like, have a ground rule for mm-hmm. the evening that we're not going to talk about school. Right. Um, I think that's really good, and I think that's really healthy. Yeah, I think it's super important. Yeah, find something not vet-related. Sports or reading, or even though you're going to be like, this is ridiculous, I should not be doing this right mm-hmm. now, you have to do it. Because if you do vet school every hour of the day, you're bound for for some hard times. Yeah, I'm definitely um, trying to keep up with my two best friends from undergrad who... Um, one of them wants to become a physician's assistant and the other one works in, um, IT. Mm-hmm. And so I like to keep up with them because like, they ask me how I'm doing and everything. And if I say like, look, I don't want to talk about vet school, we'll talk about other things. You know, I hear about their lives and it's, you know, taking a half hour, an hour out of the day to talk to them on the phone. It, it does make a huge difference. And I mean, I'm only a weekend, so I can't say too much, but it's nice to be able to just talk with them and not hear like oh hey my cat has been um eating a lot of grass and (laughs) not eating her food is she doing you know like it's it's nice to have friends who care about you and your goals but also are willing to help you kind of get out of that for a little bit right that's really important and to touch back to when you were mentioning the uh, the therapist that's at the vet school specifically I think that that is becoming more commonplace amongst the vet schools around the country. I just recorded a couple podcasts um, that are out now that talk specifically about wellness and depression and, and all of that. And and I've had a couple of vet students on to share their stories. And I think the biggest thing we could do is to start talking more about when we're feeling down and depressed and we're having a hard time. Because like you said, if, if he's seeing a third of the students at the vet school, that probably means that two thirds at least are experiencing it. Yeah. Um, so... I've always thought that if, if at some point during vet school you're not feeling down or you're not feeling depressed or burnt out or however you want to define it, there's probably something more wrong with you uh, because <laughs> it's totally normal to be under this much stress um, associated with everything we have to be doing in vet school. So, um, so what I would say to you is that if and when you do start to feel that way, don't freak out because it's normal um, and it's healthy actually. So. Um, but aside from that, I think that vet school in general is, is a very positive experience. So I know that there's a lot of like worry and and apprehension and 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 scared thoughts going through your minds and probably your classmates' mind, everyone else out there that's starting their first year uh, these past couple of weeks. But vet school is great, and it's a quick four years. 
as much as it can be. Um, and now you've kind of made it towards you're in the home stretch of becoming a veterinarian. So that's really cool. Um, yeah. So one of my concerns before coming into vet school was figuring out sort of my living situation for vet school. Um, so in undergrad, I had lived in the dorms with some roommates who I didn't like. <laughs> I mean, they were okay, but I just hated like sharing a room. And then towards the end of my undergrad, I had one roommate in a two-bedroom apartment. Um, so that was really nice. But I really wanted to sort of live alone. Mm-hmm. Um, so big sort of worry for me coming into vet school was figuring out, A, is it feasible for me to live alone? Like, can I afford it? And then B, like, what would that look like for mm-hmm. me? Because I sort of had two sort of opposing, I guess, factors in that. And that the first one was that it's very hard for me to live with other people if I'm in a very stressful environment. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I would need a lot of quiet time to study. So in that regard, it was really sort of advantageous for me to live alone. Um, But on the other hand, I am from out of state and I'm going to a state school. So I was really nervous about making friends if I'm living by myself. Right. Um, so I do live by myself. It's just me and my cat. Um, and I love it. It gives me sort of an opportunity to come away from school and just relax and sort of not be bothered by other people. Mm-hmm. Um, I can go home and take a nap. And, uh, So that's been really good for me, just sort of living by myself and being able to just be in my own space and have really as much sort of quiet space as I need or as I want um, has been really great for me. And as far as making friends goes, I think I've made pretty good, some pretty good friends in my first week. And I think that that just sort of continues to build. You continue to build your relationships with people as you go through school. Um, So that sort of worry has sort of been um, relieved, I guess. And how'd you find the the place you're living in? Uh, So I came to Columbia before I had to come, like officially move here for like vet and everything. Mm -hmm. So I spent like, 10 days in Columbia looking for an apartment. Wow. Because um, I lived in Vermont and I had like no idea how right. to go about it. Um, so I mostly just looked online for like open places. And I came in May. Mm-hmm. I came really early because I knew that once you get into the summer, it's not just going to be like vet students. It's also going to be the undergrads. Because right. there's a lot of undergrads at Mizzou as well. Um. So I came early and I was here for 10 days with my mom. Oh boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so we lined up like a whole bunch of, not interviews, what are they called? Tours. Mm-hmm. We lined up a whole bunch of tours for uh, the apartments and just to look at apartments. So I... I'm pretty sure I've toured like every apartment (laughs) complex in Columbia and 
I was really just looking for an area that was quiet, was within 10 minutes of the school, Mm -hmm. and was a place that I could bring my cat and was affordable. So I sort of like maxed out my budget at like $700 a month. Mm -hmm. And then from there went to see a whole bunch of places just to see if they were quiet, see what kind of people lived there. Uh, I pretty much crossed off any place that let undergrads stay there like Mm -hmm. off my list. Um, I just didn't want (laughs) to deal with undergrads around me partying all the time or doing something crazy. We're adults um, now. Yeah, right? <laughs> um, so it just took me sort of a long time, and I got sort of lucky in that I found an apartment space that was sort of well below my budget within two minutes of the school. Nice. And they allowed me to have my cat there. So Bonus. Yeah. <laughs> so I got kind of lucky, but I think it was just important that I came out really ahead of time to look at places Mm -hmm. so uh, i was also really concerned about housing so i lived on campus for the last four years um it was something that my school required so um i was really worried about you know living off campus and was i gonna i always thought i was gonna get an apartment um i actually wanted a dog um i was like you know am i gonna have the space for a dog like an apartment i wanted a pit bull i'm like Mm -hmm. that's not enough space it's gonna need a yard so i was really concerned about that and um so we have a facebook page for incoming first years or well just your class in general and um i got added to that kind of late um it was right before i was maybe like three weeks before i graduated from my undergrad that i ended up on that page and at that point a lot of people had been posting like you know, rooms in a house or anything mm-hmm. like that had all been filled. And so I got really lucky that um, I basically posted and was like, hey, who actually still has space anywhere? Um, and a girl commented and said, well, I'm moving out of this room and sent me a bunch of pictures. And then I ended up um, sending a lease without actually having visited the house because I was in Ohio for school, and then I was in Michigan when I was home, and it was um, just crazy. It's a really long drive, and I didn't want to, like, drive out there for a day or something, and so um, I figured it's owned by a fourth-year vet student, and so she lives there. I was like, this isn't, you know, some land property where I have to be worried about them not actually, like, is this place safe um Mm -hmm. you know healthy and everything um you know i didn't want to i wouldn't sign a lease for an apartment without going to see it first because you know it could be filled with roaches it could be falling apart you know it could be terrifying and so i didn't feel the fear of that because this vet student was telling me hey it's a great place to live but also the owner of the place lives there right so she's not going to be living in squalor hopefully (laughs) and she isn't it's a great place um so i got really lucky in finding that it's you know way within my budget i'm allowed to have whatever animal i want um as long as it gets along with her pit bull which i still got a pit bull there you go so um so that was great um and i actually really like it because there are five people in my house um four of us are vet students so i have a fourth year vet student 
um, who's kind of, you know, like at the tail end of everything and is able to tell me, like, you can get through this. You know, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. I'm almost there. Right. I have a second year who just went through it all. And so, like, she almost every day when I see her, oh, hey, how was class? How was your first day? How was your first week? Um, and when I would tell her, like, oh, yeah, anatomy's going so fast. Like, I don't know if I can do it. She goes, okay, here's what I did. Here's, you know, what my friends did. Like, it, it'll it'll work out. You'll get, you know, better at taking notes really quickly and that kind of stuff. <laughs> Um, then I have another first year in my house, and so we're going through a lot of the same issues. Um, so I adopted a cat today. She was looking at cats today. So um, we're you know going through a lot of the same stuff, a lot of the same stresses and everything. And so it's nice to have someone to suffer with, someone who's just been through it, and then someone who's seeing the light at the end of the tunnel. And it's really helping me to like kind of keep everything into perspective. Um, and, you know, like, we do respect each other's privacy. So if I want to shut myself out to study and get quiet, granted, April will probably be winding at my door. But I can just <laughs> close my door and, you know, like, give myself personal time. Um, and so I, I really like it because when I want to be social, I can. Um, and I have lots of pets to play with. Um, but at the same time, like, I am able to kind of have my own space. So it's I got really lucky with my situation. It's exactly what I was looking for. And... It's, yeah, it's just great. Well, it's good. It's great to hear that we kind of both worked out really well for both of you. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, because that's another big part of wellness, as you can imagine, is is where you go after school during, during the day. So um, that's really great to hear. The last topic I want to talk to you about is kind of geared towards more people that were in your shoes, let's say, six months ago or a year ago or three years ago that want to go to vet school. Looking back now, now that you're in, now that you've started, you've you've chosen your school, what advice would you give to the pre-vet students out there or the, or the students that are actually going to start applying uh, in this coming academic year or the ones that are submitting their applications this fall? Anything you would do differently? Anything that you thought worked really well for you that you'd want to share with the students out there? Yeah, so I got a lot of very diverse experience. Um, So I worked for a long time with a large animal ambulatory service, and I worked for a couple of different small animal practices. Um, Some of them saw cats, dogs, and exotics, and some of them just saw cats. Um, So I had a lot of very diverse experience, and Mm -hmm. I had a lot of hours of experience, and... Like, the academic piece is really important, but I think having that experience and being able to get letters of recommendation from really good clinicians helped me a lot. Mm -hmm. And also, don't stress about your interview. (laughs) Because I cried, like, after every interview, (laughs) and it didn't help. (laughs) Yeah, um, take anatomy, number one. (laughs) Just do it. Just take anatomy. Um, For me... I think, yes, um, obviously getting your in-office hours and whatnot and your vet hours are very important, but don't knock um, the other things you can do. So my first summer of undergrad, I worked in an environmental testing um, lab, and I just interned there. I got really good at working with GCMSs and working you know, with chemicals and whatnot that like were super sensitive. So I got really good lab skills um the summer after that i shadowed but i also did a three-week study abroad trip i um and actually i was asked about both of those and my chemistry research in my interview 
I was also asked about my time volunteering on a petting farm, my time in small animal, but they asked me about the other things I had done as well and how I related it or, you know, why I think that made me a good candidate. And so I think that being well-rounded, I mean, if you have the opportunity to, it's, it's really worth it. And there were experiences that I wouldn't trade for the world. I mean, I got to hear howler monkeys wake me up at 3 a.m. in the rainforest. (laughs) So, um, don't prevent yourself from doing what you love um, or something you really, really want to do just to get more hours. Like, I only had 600 or so hours, which is actually really low for a lot of applicants. Um, and I still got in. So, um, because of the other experiences I did, and I was able to communicate why that was beneficial for me. And so, I think that just don't knock it. Um, just because it isn't directly vet related. Definitely. I think you both hit it on the, hit the nail on the head that, um, it's all about being well-rounded, not all about, there's a lot of it that has to do with being well-rounded. Um, because like you said, they're going to ask you that in your interview, like, oh, so you did something that completely, completely was not veterinary related. Tell me about that. You know, I think that where people get themselves into trouble is that they, they know the formula for getting into vet school or what they're told, which is get good grades, get a lot of shadowing hours, and interview well, and that's it. But it's oftentimes, at least from what I've heard, it's those people that may be on the cusp of getting it. It's the people that have done cool experiences like you guys did um, or have worked beforehand or um, have just these really kind of unique life experiences that make them a little bit more experienced in life, period, um, that may make it appear that they're a better candidate for vet school. And I think that that is probably true. I think having more experiences outside of the uh, the classroom and outside of a clinic in terms of shadowing and all of that um, is going to provide you more personal growth. It's going to make you more mature and um, make you a better clinician in the end. So I think that's kind of what they're looking for. I mean, they assuming that you're smart and that you want to be a veterinarian because you've, you've shadowed hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of hours, um, that's kind of a given. So what can you do to, to make yourself unique? Um, and I know that can be tough sometimes, but, um, I think that that's a really big key. That, what that was for me, at least and my grades were not anywhere near, um, <laughs> the average of what, you know, the, the accepted students were. Um, but I had a kind of a unique story. Um, and I did a lot of things before vet school that kind of made me unique. And I think that's what, um, gave me this opportunity. So, um, so yeah, that's my two cents on it. Yeah, I mean, I did a lot of clubs and stuff in undergrad mm-hmm. too, and I knew a lot of people who decided not to do clubs in order to do like research or add more hours and stuff. So there was a lot of stuff that I I did like fencing and triathlon and those mm-hmm. kind of things that also came up in my interview. Um, but I think it's just important to remember that there's no set way to get right. into vet school. It's kind of a diverse field and it's kind of a diverse system Mm -hmm. um so it is important to not let yourself sort of get washed away in having to be the best academically and having to do a lot of hours shadowing and having to do all of the set path vet school kind of stuff right definitely and it was like just like we were saying how you need to have your non-vet thing to do while you're in vet school it's kind of the same thing in undergrad. You have to have your non-vet uh, prep 
right. things to do. So like for me, my sanity was band, mm-hmm. band rehearsal. You know, it was my non-science class, my time to actually, I mean, not actually enjoy myself because I enjoyed myself in my science classes, but it was my chance to do something different that I enjoyed. And it was not vet related. It wasn't preparing me to go to vet school. It wasn't anything like that. It was my sanity. It was my my get away from all that class. And so um, I think that's really important to have because if you spend all your time just prepping to be a vet, you you lose out on so much, but also you just, you're going to get burnt out before you even get into vet school. Right. Another thing that I've kind of come to thinking, and, and I've someone told me this a long time ago, and it really stuck with me, is that it's interesting that before vet school, your goal in life, generally speaking, was to go to vet school, right? Mm-hmm. Is to get into vet school. And now you're here. So you have to find like a new goal, right? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird. Um, it's like the goal is going to be, you're going to become a great dairy veterinarian, or you're going to become a great exotic veterinarian, or whatever it's going to be. So that's kind of an interesting, cool shift also in way of thinking where, you know, you walk into class the first day and you're like, wow, I made it here. I don't have to gun to get the great grades and to get into vet school and all that because you've made it. So that's kind of an interesting thought that I kind of, someone told that to me and I was like, wow, that's super weird because you don't think you really think about that. Okay, so to wrap all this up, I want to give you two the chance to ask me a question about vet school that you want to hear an answer from from a, a third year vet student. Yeah, so I am mostly curious, like going off of what we talked about, sort of shifting your goals from getting into vet school to now being a veterinarian. Um, how does that look for you as a third year as you're sort of going into clinicals and thinking about where do I want to work after this? What do I want to do? Picking out those rotations and that mm-hmm. kind of thing, sort of long term. Sure. That's a good question. <laughs> I, for me, what I really want to start focusing on is the the person-to-person relationship, actually. How do we work with clients? And I've been really trying to take notes. I did my first externship this past summer uh, and really trying to figure out ways that the veterinary profession can grow. Um and I think a lot of that starts with the the personal relationships. Um, medicine's going to come with time. We're we're learning all that day in day out in school. We're going to get that in clinics. Um, but how can we take veterinary medicine to the next level? Um, so it's kind of like the entrepreneurial bug in me is like, what can we do that's new and cool and exciting? And that actually kind of ties back into what we we're talking about with with pre vet is like, what can I do to make myself unique in the veterinary world? Um, because, you know, it's obviously common just to go to vet school, go in, into an associate veterinarian job and just and just do it, which is great. I mean, people, that's some people, that's their goal. And that's a fine, fine goal. Um, but I want to own my own practice one day and I want to s- somehow make it unique and, and kind of a new cool thing and kind of, again, take this to the next level. So I'm kind of looking f- a little bit further out, like into my own ownership experience. I'm kind of, I wish I was there already, but... <laughs> Um, uh, I'm excited to work with the people and see what their experience is like. My question, I guess, would be, um, what are your three top tips to keep your sanity? I know we've talked about it a few times and like, what, I guess, were the three best things you found to help you keep sane in your first two years? Mm. Where do I begin? Uh, (laughs) 
I think the first thing, and I'll talk about what we talked about already. One is to find something you enjoy doing that is not related to veterinary school. So I play hockey every week, um, and that kind of allows me, one, to get outside vet school and stop studying for for a couple hours, but also lets me literally get my energy out and, and get my aggression out for, you know, everything's been going on. Um, so that's one, find something you really like to do that's, that's outside. So that could be, like I said, reading, art, music, working out, doing sports, anything like that, um, are a great option. And usually at all these, these big universities that these vet schools are at, there's something for everybody to do. Number two, and I'm going to frame this a little bit differently than how I was told it, which what I was told is to stay on top of your work. Don't let it fall behind you. It's going to fall behind you. I mean, that's just going to happen. Um, but what I've tried to do, and I've started out this week doing it, and again, I'm only one weekend, so it's working out well so far. I don't know what's going to happen. Is that review something from a class, hopefully every class, but at least a few classes every day, ten minutes. Like that's all it took. Um, th- this first week was to review the notes. I I I love Quizlet. I should probably buy stock in Quizlet. Um, <laughs> But I, I would take 10 minutes and run through my notes that I'd done for the week or the day, whatever it was, um, and just go through them. And I didn't really worry about trying to memorize it. I just wanted to review it um, so that every day, hopefully, it's going to build on itself and it's going to be like a long-term memorization thing. Uh, what got me into trouble last year, my first year, was that I would get so backed up on just getting my notes down and, and getting all of that into um, my Quizlets because that's what I enjoy using it again. Um, is that I would be left like two nights to memorize a whole test's worth of material, um, which was doable. I did it. It was not fun. Um, that's why I'm trying to change things um, for this block. Now, granted, it's my last block until clinic, so it's the last <laughs> time I have to do this, but uh, I guess better late than never. So I would say instead of saying stay on top of your your material, review something every day. You don't have to stay on top of it. Just if it's something that you did last Monday, just take a look for five, ten minutes. Uh, and I and hopefully it's going to keep building on itself. Number three, I would say sleep. Perfect. I love to sleep, I, right? Yeah. And you don't need to uh, tell me that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, you know, you hear all these stories about students that will pull all nighters, and if they can do that, you know, props to them. If I don't get sleep, I'm miserable. I don't retain information. Um, and it's just going to snowball from there. So, you know, if, if you're studying till 10, 11, 12 at night, pick a time just to call it quits because after a certain time, you're going to stop reading information. Um, and I will tell you from personal experience, it is much better to get sleep than to just power through, even though at the time you're thinking there's no way I can sleep. I have too much to learn and there's no time to sleep. Um, there's always time to sleep. So that's one way to stay healthy and to stay mentally well, just to tie back to that. Um, even if I had time during the day, which I, I would in my first year, because your, your schedule is a little bit unique, too, or you have some breaks in the middle of the day, um, I would sometimes take naps uh, because that would, that would actually allow me to stay up a little bit later at night. Um, or if I woke up really early, early in the morning to get to class or to study in the morning, a nap would be awesome. Um, now, that obviously is not going to work for everybody, but I would say overall getting sleep at some point during the day is uh, is a smart idea even though it should go without saying, but in vet school, that can kind of be forgotten. I take naps every day, so. (laughs) Have you found a good place to nap on campus? Because I've been looking for one. Okay, interestingly enough, and I'm a little mad about this. This is a little bit of a sexist thing that that Mizzou's done, uh, but I get it. 
they're in one of the bathrooms. The lactation room. There's a lactation room. Now, I know men don't lactate normally, um, <laughs> but there's a couch in there. And I don't know if people have ever napped, but it looks like a great place to nap. Well, thank you both very much for volunteering to come on the podcast today. This has been a great uh, bit of insight about your first week about vet school and what you think it's going to be like and what it's like for you already. And I think it's going to be really good for people that are in your shoes to hear and also for people that want to be in your shoes to hear as well. So right before we go, I want to ask you one last question, which is when I say vet school, what's the first word that comes to your mind? Success. Exciting. Good. Awesome. Well, thank you again both very much. Uh, this is a lot of fun. Hope you had fun too. And uh, remember, sleep, <laughs> <laughs> have fun, uh, and and use those relationships in vet school because that's what's going to get you through it. That support system. And uh, I think you're off to a great start. And I'm rooting for you. I'm glad I'm in my position. I don't want to be a first year again, but uh, <laughs> everyone's got to do it. But if I can do it, you can do it. So thank you again. Thank Thank you. you. And thank you so much for listening to the Vet School Unleashed podcast. For more resources and information about the podcast, please go and check us out at www.vetschoolunleashed.com or find me on Instagram or Facebook. You can also connect with me uh, via email at seth at vetschoolunleashed.com. I'd love to hear any suggestions or topics you'd like to hear us talk about. And even reach out to me if you'd want to be on the podcast yourself and share some insight of your own. And if you feel so inclined, uh, please go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes. I'd love to hear your feedback and ways to make the podcast better. Thank you again, and we will talk to you next time on Vet School Unleashed, Dissecting the DVM. Dissecting the DVM.